Everyone dreams about living an uncommon life, but how we define that dream is very different for each of us. And for most, it's a lifelong pursuit. Welcome to the Uncommon Life Project Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living that life or enjoying the journey to get there. We're going to also give you some tools, tricks, and tips for starting or accelerating your own efforts to live an uncommon life, a life worth celebrating and savoring. Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Well, Philip, I'm super excited about the show today. We've got a power couple, uh, I think they're a power couple, on the podcast today, Richard and Adese Duncan. What would describe them as a power couple? What defines a power couple? I think they have a healthy marriage. Okay. They work together in their business. Okay. Uh, they treat people. I just been so impressed with the way they treat people and interact with others. And um, yeah, they're just dynamic. Okay. So if somebody doesn't work together with their with their spouse, you can't be a power couple. Not true. But, <laughs> uh, right. Welcome to the show, Richard and Adeze. We are really excited. You guys are with us. You guys got so much story to unpack. You are listening to the Uncommon Life Project, and you two have an uncommon life, hence the reason why you have a microphone in front of you. Welcome to the show. Wow, thank you so much for having us. We're glad to be here. Yes, we're excited. <laughs> All right, I just want to jump right into it. Tell us in your life when it was common, or you would say it was common or defined common. Maybe, Richard, you don't have that story. Uh, maybe a day that you do or vice versa. Let's start right in there. Yeah, that was, that was about a year ago. Um, it was definitely common for me. I, I just, I lived the normal life that I was trained to live. Um, I went to school, got a good job. You know, I got married, had lots of kids. And then I just pretty much was in the rat race. I would just go, go to work. I was actually a, a high school teacher taught, um, here in Des Moines. And were you married to Richard? Uh, I was married. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was very traditional all the way. In fact, even even our meeting, well, that our meeting was probably uncommon, but I met him and then, you know, we had kids. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so Richard, I know you haven't been, you've kind of been different from a lot of the people in your family. You've told me that. Walk us through kind of where you were at in your life, the way you were looking at the world, and when you met Adeze, you know, and how she was looking at the world. Well, you know, I was kind of, you know, I was, I was raised where I watched my mother. Um, she defined entrepreneur. I never seen my mother actually work a job. She always, um, she was a wedding planner, event planner. People would fly her to different states to decorate and hairstylists. And so I never seen her work, but I watched my dad. He worked the same job 30 years for the state, you know, and they was, he was a big advocate on go to college, you know, go to school, go to college. And so I did that. That's what they told me to do. <laughs> so I went to you and I, you know, graduated North High School, went to you and I. University of Tennessee, you know, broke for four years in college. Like college, Brian and Philip, that's like the only time you can be broke and, and it's okay. okay. Like if you're broke and you're not in college, it's gonna be a problem. Right. So I'm broke for four years, so of course, the moment you graduate, any little bone the world gives you, you're gonna take it. So I got this job at this insurance company and it was gonna pay me about 38,000 a year and that was in 2003. And this is when it hit me. This is when I began to just rebel against the system because I racked up all this debt. And this is my own personal perception and opinion and feeling. But I racked up all this debt, went to three interviews at this company. And, you know, because college prepared me how to sell myself, you know, what to wear, you know, wear navy blue. Because <laughs> when you interview never blue, you're going to be user friendly. So yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. I wore the navy blue, all that stuff, man. And they went to three interviews. They gave me the job. And after they gave me the job, they showed me my cubicle. <laughs> the cubicle of doom. Oh, We've had QB. a call before. Yeah. Yes. They showed me that cubie. And literally, I said, wait a minute, I just racked up tens of thousands of dollars, four years of my life, and you're about to stick me in a box for eight hours a day. And that is when the, the, the shift happened, and I just immediately became allergic to boxes. 
I said, this is not for me. I respectfully declined that job. And as of that moment, I was on my quest to working for myself and being the entrepreneur that I am today. Oh, that's awesome. So you walk out of the doors, you walk out of the doors and not know anything, but you know that, that isn't what you want to go to. I, I knew I did not want that. Sir. So then where do you go? Where do you go to that point? Yeah. Right. So, so what I did was I, I made a couple phone calls and I've always had a desire to want to serve it and, and work with uh, youth. And so I actually ended up becoming an independent, um, an independent contractor. And I worked for uh, a counseling agency and I counseled at-risk youth and families. And I did that professionally for about eight years. Um, but I was independent, set my own hours, no nine to five, 1099. I controlled what I wanted to do. And that's why I started. And it was in that process, I began to add two other companies to my portfolio that I started from there. And where's the Daisy in all this, in the timeline? And, and when do you guys meet? I'll tell you where Daisy is. Oh, you want to tell where <laughs> yeah, you tell us. Daisy? Come on. Where you at, baby? Okay. So the, the whole QB thing was before me. Like, I, even when I met Richard, I, he didn't have a job, like a real job, as, as I called it. <laughs> like, when I met him, he actually was working for a moving company. Um, he also had a shoe company that he was running out of his house, you know? And I thought all oh, that was good, but I felt I can't marry you until you have a real job and has insurance <laughs> benefits, you know? <laughs> so when, when he finally- Which, I mean, I, you laugh about that, but that is a real hangup that a lot yeah, of people have. That's a real so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, need, I need you to have insurance. And cause I was still in college, I was going to school, getting, my, getting myself together here come out here and be somebody in this world. And, you know, we're a little bit, he's a little older than me. And I, he made very good money, but he just didn't have a real job in mm -hmm. my mind. Mm -hmm. you, know, it was and definitely you didn't value, you, you didn't value that in your eyes. Like you thought like I, that's risky. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's unsustainable. I, I get exactly. that. Exactly. It's, it's not, it's, it's unpredictable. You got people, you know, he ran a very successful shoe company out of his house. Mm -hmm. um, even he moved over to eBay and actually started selling like these crazy spider jackets on eBay. You know, I'm but, hustling, you know, hustling he, over there. He was a hustler, but, but I didn't realize that that was, I didn't know that was an entrepreneur. I just thought that was, okay, that's cute. When you're going to get a real job. When you're going to yeah. get a job where, you know, you clock in and clock out. That's, that's what I was raised seeing. And so that's what I was missing. So I need you to get the clock in, clock out, and let's get some benefits. And then you can go ahead and ask me to be your wife. <laughs> in fact, in fact um, I knew when I met her that she was the one. Like, I knew that. And uh, after we courted, when I asked her, her parents to give her away, they made me swear yeah. That I would that I would encourage her and have her to finish college, mm -hmm. and that was difficult for me because my perception sure. is different now. Because yeah. I feel like college is an employee manufacturing plant, and I don't preach it. Life preach it. Yeah, yeah. No, but like, here's the deal. Like, what a cool thing at that point that you didn't probably have that hard of a steadfast rule in college, but you were like, okay, if that's what I need to do, mm -hmm. come on. Let's go. I'll get her through college. I'll do what I got to do. And I went. I finished. I graduated at Drake. I got my job as a teacher. And this box that he declined, I was so excited. Look at me. I have uh -huh. a job. You got I'm the a real girl now. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I felt. You know, I loved my box. I knew that, okay, I, I go to work at this time. You know, I get off of that time. I work this much. I get paid this much. It was, I get benefits. Life mm -hmm. is good. You know, that was, yeah. that was like the, I've made it moment. Mm -hmm. You succeeded. Exactly. There's so much there because I think that her parents probably wanted to say to you, Richard, make sure she graduate college and goes and just punches the clock. Right. Like but what really they said is like, just make sure that she graduates college. So as soon as Richard realizes that this is unsustainable, she'll have something to fall back on. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like then the, when the reality hits them, then they'll be able to have this degree to fall back on. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I like that. It's good. So keep going. So you start teaching a day's a, and then Richard's kind of doing the, Oh my gosh. you got married and he didn't have a job like the, no, no, no. I could not marry him until he had a job. That was, that was a requirement, <laughs> a real job that yeah. you set, not your parents, yeah, this yep. this was my requirement. Well, I know 
I, you know, again, we, we were traditional in that, like, I know that, you know, I know people these days, they don't really believe in asking parents and whatnot, but I, I respect my parents and I'm not saying other people don't, but I respected my parents in this way that I knew that this would be something they would want from him. You know, mm-hmm. if they're going to pass me on over there, then he has to have something to show that he's worthy. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> These are my words, by the way. Anyhow, um, so he gets a job. I was so excited. I'm like, finally, now I'm ready to accept his request for my hand. Uh, and so <laughs> when he did, because that, that was, you know, I'm trying to work on my own parents. I actually, we got married young. I was, I had just turned 21 when I said I do at the altar. So I knew that I had to really kind of work on my parents and let them know, hey, he has a job. Look, we have benefits. Hey, everything is good to go. You can go ahead and cut the rope here for me. Um, he got a job as a counselor. And I felt like, okay, now he has a nine to five. He's got mounds of paperwork that he loathes <laughs> and is doing all kinds of things to get out of. Um, but nonetheless, it looked like a real job. You know, we, we now assimilated into the normal family that I expected us to be, where mm-hmm. he goes to work at this time and he comes home at this time. Same with me, you know. And what she don't realize was all that was just a setup because it was it was never a nine to five. Like it was it wasn't. She thought it was, but I had to do that just to get her to relax yeah. and breathe. But the reality was I was 1099. It wasn't an actual yeah. nine to five job. And so she was happy. I was happy, cool. And here's an interesting story. Like when we first, when we first actually met, there was a store called Circuit City that was going out of oh business. And I shared this story because <laughs> the store is going out of business. I'm a blue star power seller on eBay. So I'm thinking, I'm gonna go into this store and I'm gonna find some things for dirt cheap and I'm gonna make some crazy profits. So I put all this stuff in my cart. And I'm literally looking online, seeing how much the stuff costs. And I'm, I had about $1,000 worth of stuff in my cart. She's seen $1,000, but I see 4500 Money signs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And so I remember us having, that we was, it was at that moment in the store. Like, Why are you buying that? We, we had this dialogue. That. What is that thing? Why are you buying that thing? She had no clue on the way oh, my right. mind operated. And that was the moment where I was able to really show her and teach her what this game was and I share that story because of course all that stuff I could flip all that stuff and literally made about two three thousand dollars what did you end up doing honey uh-huh. what did you end up doing listen just to, to keep peace at that time I left everything in the store <laughs> oh wow because she didn't understand it I, didn't I left understand. everything there I used that as a teachable moment though so that she understood what I was trying to do yeah so <laughs> So that's, that's hilarious. I, I mean, think it goes back to your point at first of why they're on the show. Right. The power couple is like, that's a unified marriage. Sometimes when you sacrifice for the other person, even when they're not where they're, where you're at, but like, okay, I'm going to meet you where you're at and we're going to keep moving on together. So I think that's a really cool story. I'm glad you shared that. Thank you. So Richard, you're doing, you're doing these things and you're working and you're trying to make your own path, but also have that level of, consistency, stability for a day's a walk our listeners through where you first got introduced to, you know, what you're doing now or the profession of what you're doing now. Sure. I was, I was always that type of person where, um, you know, I was very prayerful um, with looking for mentors, right? Because I'm a firm believer that, and I don't just call anyone a mentor. You have to have results that I want. You have results that I want. I will listen to what you have to say. If you don't have the results that I want, I'm not going to listen to what you have to say. And so there was a few people that did that and they began, and one person gave me, um, they was heavy in real estate. And I remember there was a book that Tony Robbins wrote and he had interviewed 50 millionaires. See, in college and school, we're taught that if you copy, you're in trouble. But in life, success leaves clues. Copy what successful people do. Mm. So in this book, Tony Robbins interviewed 50 millionaires, and they made their millions in three categories. So it was those three categories right there. Long as I copy and, 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 and diversify myself in those three areas, game over. First area was real estate. Mm. And so um, eight years now, we've had our own real estate company, Duncan Properties, LLC, where we do commercial residential 
Um, now we're doing tax property sales, et cetera. And then from real estate, the second category was precious metals. So dealing with the actual metal, not paper derivatives, the actual metal. So for five, six years now, I've been actually acquiring physical gold bullion, currency grade gold. In fact, the same gold that governments use to settle debt with other countries. And so we have gold in Istanbul, Turkey, Germany, and now in the U.S., and the third category, which it took me up until about two years ago to get into that bracket, was the financial markets via stock market, foreign exchange market, cryptocurrency, things of those nature. Gotcha. And that was kind of that. I found those mentors that, that gave me that advice, and then they showed me the way to develop my companies. Gotcha. Tell me about, because you talk about mentorship, I guess, so cool. And you talk about you're only going to get a mentor that, that have the results that you want. What were the results that you were looking for that you wanted out of these people? For example, one lady, um, she was a multimillionaire. You walk past her, you would have never known it. It's like the millionaire next door, that book, you know. Um, and she had the, she was, comp time is the greatest currency that we had. She had all the time in the world to do whatever she wanted to do. I literally would watch her drive all around the greater Des Moines area collecting rent from people. I watched her facilitate transactions. She's the first one that said, hey, get your first duplex. You live in one side, rent out the other. And she was the first person that kind of showed me those ropes. But I seen the lifestyle that she had, completely debt-free, no credit debt, no car debt, no mortgage. And so those were the people that poured into me at an early age that really gave me that I feel it was a I felt very privileged and honored to have witnessed and had those people deposit those seeds into me and that's what kicked me off so would you say I'm just going to keep following in that because I go through the rabbit trail so hang on so would you say the humility that you were seeking or do you think the money or maybe both it was both okay both yeah it was both um of course you know it's it's one of those deals where um, you know, we don't, we don't, I don't love or worship money, but it's definitely something that, um, I can, I can do more kingdom work, um, by having those resources, but definitely, man, I, I, I just have my mind set on, I was not going to work. The traditional system says my wife and I would retire at the age of 65. Okay. And the life expectancy of a human being is 78. So that basically means the traditional way that we would work 50 years to be free for 13 of them. Mm -hmm. I had an issue with that. <laughs> Got a problem. And, so, and typically, most of the time, people that are working jobs, because of the environment and the politics and all the different things that they're experiencing, they're under a lot of stress. So those last 12, 13 years, you're basically fighting for your health. Yeah. And so I said, absolutely not for me and my family. We will retire at an early age, by God's grace. Uh, my wife was able to retire at 33, and I was able to retire at 37. And we have all the time in the world to do the things that we love to do, all by God's grace. So for our listeners, because I know your story a little bit, so this woman, uh, mentor of yours, she introduced you to the professional network marketing. Is that correct? Um, no, that was someone different who introduced me originally into the industry of network marketing. Um, but she was someone that I did work with. I had another mentor that taught me the ropes in the gotcha. network marketing game. Okay. Yeah. So you're professional network marketers. I say that with respect because, you know, there's a lot of people in our business that I wouldn't, you know, send family and friends to. Uh, <laughs> and it's just like that with any business, right? Some people can make a good cheeseburger. Some people can't. And, um, network right. marketing is no different. And so, um, Walk us through. So you kind of start professionally heading down the network marketing path industry and a daisy's in school and you're trying to get her out of school. Walk our listeners through kind of that dichotomy of you're out of the box, she's in the box, and, and now you're both out of the box. Um, walk our listeners through that kind of path, if you would. You've changed your, your wife to the dark side. And <laughs> not, now not, you've yet. Got, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not so yet. talk about that. <laughs> um, so I graduated. And I'm teaching and I'm living the life I thought I wanted, right? Uh, meanwhile, he's, you know, doing his 
his counseling, like, that little battle that we had in that circuit city over that, you know, thousand dollars of merchandise escalated when he decided to take a thousand dollars and now we're battling over like like twenty five thousand, you know, a hundred thousand. Like, what are you doing buying these houses? What in the world? Mm. I did not understand real estate like that. I did not know this is not the, what they said to do. <laughs> go to school, get a job, you know, go to school, go to college, get a job. You didn't say mm. nothing about dropping all this money on these properties. Um, and Rashad always had a, a way to kind of like, you know, um, he had a way to ease his way in. Uh, so we had an opportunity to get a property. And and then that property, he used that money to get more properties. And then somehow we ended up, you know, just the whole fixing it up process. He never told me the whole picture. He only gave me like, you know, a little bit by little bit. I think that's why he was so successful. Because, <laughs> because if, if he would have just said, babe, I need a hundred grand, I'd be like, oh my God, no. Well, he would, you know, bad Husbands, age. you better know your wives. Exactly. <laughs> you know, babe, I need about five for this project. It's just going to take about five. Babe, I just need another five. Babe, I just need, you know, just a little 10. You know, once, the, here's the key thing that started to get me to be quiet. You know, um, one, Rashad had to earn my trust in that, in that area. You know, um, you can't just go this route and, and get all this money. And then just lose it and then expect your spouse to, to be okay with you taking on another project. You have to earn that trust and that respect. And he did. As I started to see him buy properties, fix them up, get tenants in them, and now we got cash flow. Mm-hmm. You know, once I started to realize, wow, it's like having a whole nother person in our family working for us. And and we don't. It's once I started to see those things, I started to ease up. And, and before you know it, I'm like, so babe, when we get our next property. <laughs> um, and so then he, he got me and he got my respect over there. Once he wanted to join one of these, one of these things. One of these things. You know, exactly. One Are of you talking things about network marketing things? So I was okay with it. They got me with all the bells and whistles and the living the life I want, the yacht pictures and stuff. And, and then when we started working and I remember you know, watching him, we do presentation after presentations. And, and, and then I remember we made, you know, in a whole year, I think we made like a thousand dollars. Like after that, I, I did not want to have anything to do with those things. Because Are you talking about network marketing when you say those yes, things? Okay. Exactly. I want to clarify. Yeah, our listeners can't see the air quotes that are going up. They can't yeah. see the air quotes? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, you know what? I, I feel like I probably can identify with the listeners because you know, I know when I try to approach people, they quickly will turn you away because they don't want to be a part of one of those things. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have been approached in that regard, you yeah. know, and I, I felt like, okay, Michelle, how are you getting, how are you falling for one of these things? Mm-hmm. You know? But again, it's about the right mentorship, the right leadership, and then the right results. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. So I fell back in more of a supportive role. Um, for my husband. So he's doing it and I'm supporting him by holding down the fort and making sure, you know, I call myself the operations manager of the house, making sure all operations are running smoothly. And that's, that's kind of how we got into um, network marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ended up getting thrown into network marketing when the company that Rashard worked for ended up going out of business and we didn't have any other options. We had our real estate, which was doing very well and then he pretty much had this and this was his main option the only option he had and and he he definitely definitely earned some more respect in that area (laughs) wait when you said that the this company went out of business are you talking about the counseling business no yes Yes. oh the counseling yeah i'm on the same page okay gotcha Mm -hmm. yep and so so the thing is this from when i first got in real estate I had a lot of resistance from my wife. Again, oh, yeah. a, I, I'm pretty sure there's people that might I'm be listening to this podcast. And I want you guys to hear this very closely because there's a lot of houses that are divided because yes. you have the major risk taker and you have the person that doesn't even want to know where their parachute is, let alone pull the string. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that's the type of 
household that we had. So I got resistance from selling things on eBay, which led to real estate, which led to in between all of that, when I got involved in network marketing, uh, I had the wife him the whole that way. said, babe, those <laughs> things never work. What are you doing? You're crazy. What when in the world is going that? on? You need to do this. And so, but you know, when you, when you just know things in your spirit that you have to do, and you know, like I knew that me going and working a job in that traditional setting, that is absolute worst case scenario. But like my wife said, I had to earn her <laughs> trust. So she had to just keep watching because she didn't think that any of that stuff was stable, not knowing That's that the craziest part. major companies lay off thousands of people at one time. Exactly. No indicators. No indicators. Like there's no stability. So I believe in that independent wealth. So that's why I never wanted to be in a position where we're just disposable. Like that's what jobs make you feel. So while I was on that journey, um, I got a lot of resistance from my wife. But this is one of the things that I would do while she would be working. I would call her, FaceTime, FaceTime her with the fireplace on, chilling. <laughs> where you at, babe? Where you at? And I know she's in the heat of the nine to five in the I'm classroom. She's like, babe, I'm in my classroom. What do you think I'm doing? And I said, look, babe, look at the fireplace. He, he showed me the dog laying The dog laying, I got the smoothie you up. Know, he said, man, it's quiet in here. So, I, can, I can hear the hum. Those were sorry. little things that I had to do to <laughs> so begin to show her, oh, it's so you're exciting. choosing because of your mindset, you're choosing to keep that lifestyle. You want to get up and leave this house every day at 6 a.m. and come back at five? That's on you. I didn't think it was a choice, though. I thought. Yeah, totally. I don't think a lot of people do. No. But you don't think about it. To Richard's point, results breeds confidence, right? Yes. And over the last, I don't know how many years, Adeze has seen results. And you have put in the hard work and discipline, which you're really not talking about. But I know there had to have been hard work and discipline to get you in front of that fireplace with that smoothie with the dog in the background. Right. Men pin. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I think results breeds confidence. And she's seen this over and over, so much so that she's ready to go to the dark side, right? And she's starting at least at this point in your story, realize like, I don't want to be here, but I don't know any other way, right? Yeah. That's, well, well, now that's where that's where I was. I hadn't like he hadn't fully I wanted to go to the dark side. I just didn't know how to get over it. But, but, and it's a scary jump. Let's be honest. Like, okay, honey, you want to say something? Yeah, let me just. She did watch some <laughs> failures, though, guys. Like the yeah, first company, sure. like literally the very first network marketing company that I did. Like I put in sixteen months. That was, the and point. I think, and, and that's the one where I only made like ten grand for the year, and I mm. worked my rear end off. Now, luckily, I still had my other streams with my real estate and stuff, but. That was difficult. And then the, 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 the corruption at the top, yeah. you know, the company dissolved. There was, there was investment um, things that we did that also did not work out. Um, but I would say he definitely recovered from those. So mm-hmm. it, kept me, it kept me saying, see, that's why we need to do what's the safer route. Mm-hmm. Like if you could just get a nine to five and join me over here. The water's <laughs> come nice to the light. Here. Yeah, mm-hmm. come on back over here now. I don't know what you're doing. Stop being irresponsible, you know. And because I had the job, this is this was my biggest biggest hang up at this time. Now we have about what four, two, three, four kids. Doesn't matter. We have kids, and because Richard is over here being an entrepreneur, you know, being irresponsible, you know, in my mind. Yeah, totally. <laughs> we get you. We're there. Um. I'm the responsible one. I have the good benefits. If I quit my job, we don't have any benefits. And that was, you know, I I thought I liked my job. In fact, I loved what I did. I'm a I was a teacher. I'm still a teacher now. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was my passion. But, you know, there's a lot of things, like we said, the politics that got in the way. And I hated that. I couldn't do what I really wanted to do. I was so restricted. And it got to a place where I started to, like, be ungrateful. I felt like, okay, well, I'm supposed to be grateful because at least I have a job. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm grateful that I have a job. But, but how do I be grateful for something that I, that I don't like? Like, this, mm-hmm. I, I don't want this job. I don't want to do this anymore. But if I, if I don't, we don't have benefits. 
So I got to the place where I know many people are. I called myself a benefit slave because I'm only here for the benefits. That's it. Mm. You know, my childcare was more than my my check, my take home check, my monthly wow. check. We hear it all the time. You know, yeah. if I quit, what am I going to do for benefits? How am I going to get health exactly. insurance? Exactly. I want to go back to something that you said because I love the fact that you saw Richard fail. And yeah. you say like, yeah, that was just another confirmation that uh, I should stay in my, you know, my cush job, my whatever, safe right. job. But I almost think it's the opposite because exactly. for me, I think that demonstrated, okay, I've seen him fail. And right. I've seen him get up out of that fail. Does that make sense? Yeah. It doesn't just, and I don't think maybe some. The light stayed on. The, the light was on yeah, the table. Like, yeah. Big deal. And so when you have a confidence in your husband, be like, yeah, I've seen you fail and I've seen you get up and I've seen you actually learn from your mistakes. I almost think that would almost at one point be like, no, I've seen the bad. Right. And I've right. seen him get up out of that, but I get the well, benefits. That was over time. So yeah. like a lot of his L's, really came earlier on when I was very strong with my nine to five, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they were kind of in, in between. Like now we took an L and we took like the L's that the L we took this time was nothing in comparison to what we experienced in the beginning. Mm-hmm. However, it was like the way I approached and, and we took the L with me not having a job anymore. But now it's like, it was nothing because I'm like, I've seen you, I've seen how you've, like you've mentioned, I've seen you fail before and I've seen you come back. So this is nothing. And, and when you say L, you mean a loss, right? <laughs> Thank you. Yes. You really say correct. L, I just want to clarify. That means loss, meaning that <laughs> things didn't L. work out that you, like yeah. you wanted to. Okay. Things or, did not work out like we wanted. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. No. Walk our listeners through, Richard. You're you're with a new network marketing company. I'm kind of paraphrasing, I think, your story a little bit, so correct me if I'm wrong. But you were with a different network marketing company having a ton of success, and things kind of go south, and you're kind of like, man, I'm kind of done with network marketing. Wait, it's no, a- no, I didn't listen to this. I didn't hear anything that like that. Where I think we are in the story, let me just back up. But that is a, that's a part of the story, but go ahead, Philip. You worked your tail off. And you only got $10,000 that year in that network marketing, correct? Yes. Okay. That was the first one. Yeah, yeah, Okay, so there you go. Now that's where we're at. Don't you, yeah. don't you speed up the story. This is- <laughs> so the, the thing is, I'll be honest, there was, um, it was very embarrassing because anyone that's ever thought about getting involved in network marketing or had a desire, you know, um, you know, there's a lot of pictures that are painted about, you know, the yacht, the house on the hill. The reasons why I hate the marketing. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of foggy mirrors. See, when I was a baby in the game, that's the stuff that got me. And so, you know, when I just made that 10,000 for that year, and then I seen corruption at the leadership at the top and the company dissolved, it hurt me because there was a lot of people watching me. Right. They want to see, is he going to really make it? And so when that company didn't make it, people were, hey, buddy, so how's that, uh, how's that travel business is still going? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, really? I'm like, ah, okay, you know what? And then I was done with it. And then my I wife was done with it. And I ain't going to lie, it hurt me. And that's what actually made me dig deeper into the real estate. The real estate. I'm like, because here's the deal. I don't like I'm a winner. That's all I know. Like, so if, if I'm not going to make that money in that network marketing company, I, there's other ways I'm going to get it. Cause that's just the way my mind is set. Like I don't know how to lose. And so it's okay. But the personal development that I got from that network marketing, company, I did not get. that she did not get. That was the shift because I'm going to tell you something. You won't physically go. You can't go anywhere that your mind has not been. Man, that is okay. Sad. And so the personal development that I got in that journey, that's how I had to look at it. I, my mind was different. The company was bad. Cool. I lost faith in the industry. So I took a break for about five years, hit the real estate real hard, caught multiple six figures with that. Another way to let my wife know, babe, I told you I got you. Yep. You married a you you married a thoroughbred, <laughs> sweetheart. So back now, if you want to stay, taking the kids. In my nice little box. 
cute little teacher in your box, go right on ahead. That lifestyle ain't for me, not knocking it. See, here's the deal, guys, and anyone listening, understand our hearts. I'm not saying that employment is bad. Please hear me. It's the employee mindset. Oh, I was all in that. Mindset. That's the dangerous part because my wife has dreams and purposes on the inside of her. No. Whoever's listening to this podcast, you have dreams and purposes on the inside of you. But what happens is you start to work that nine to five and you and your creativity begins. Go ahead. Did you want to say something? I did. Yeah. You, you should have came to the end. But I'll, I'm going to come in on that. Um, he says everybody has dreams and, and, you know, everybody has a purpose, but not everybody has dreams. Like people's dreams, they, they die. They go dormant. Mm-hmm. I, my dreams were dead. You mm-hmm. know, I didn't even, I thought I was broke. Because mm-hmm. of that place of employment. It was, was no, it wasn't even the place of employment. It was the mindset. It was not, I'm not even going to say it was my place of employment. It was 100% the mindset. Because I did not get that personal development that Richard got. Because mm-hmm. I, I didn't take part of it. I was supporting him. You go and do that thing over there. And, you know, I'm going to be the responsible one to get, get this money in my nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't know how to dream. I, I really didn't. It wasn't until Richard forced me to go to one of these events, you know, and, and I had a to network like marketing a event. network marketing event. And I had to like take off work and I had to sneak sneak around, you know, because I couldn't have, you know, I had to act like I was sick, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I go to this event and I'm around all of this energy, all of this, all these like-minded individuals, the stuff that they're saying for like that split second, I felt like I could do anything mm-hmm. because of what they were saying. Like, it, oh my God, it was the energy. That, I didn't even know what that stuff was. <laughs> and then something else that happened Richard would always play this little motivational, whatever, personal development Personal's right before he would go on Zoom, you know, and do a presentation. And I would, I would be listening, like, what is this stuff? It's got yeah. me feeling like I can jump and fly, <laughs> you know? And, and it was at that moment that I started to feel like I could dream. And then I'd go to my job, and, then, and I'm around these people who are dead. So let me comment on something. That's why I'm saying... It was the place of employment because I'm a firm believer that if you're not in the know, you can't be in the flow. If you're not informed, you will be deformed. And if you're not inspired, you will expire. And the problem is most people in their place of employment, they're expired. There's no inspiration around them. She's sitting in a break room, you know, <laughs> microwaving each other's look, let me tell you. Look, microwaving each other's vegetable dishes. Our, 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 there's no inspiration <laughs> whatsoever. The best conversation that we had was the year that um, they gave us an extra 15 minutes for our lunch break. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, oh my God, we have so much extra time. Imagine what 15 minutes because we wow. only had 15 minute lunch breaks. This was like the talk of the town for. Oh, months. I bet. I bet. Morale, morale was high. <laughs> morale was high. <laughs> so, so let's get our listeners up to speed a little bit. So, how, how do you, you two now work together within the same company? Uh, you know, it's Friday at one o'clock and you're both home. Uh, so you're now crossover. So walk our listener through uh, how you guys have made this kind of transition and how you got out of the, the teaching role at high school, but you're still now a teacher now, bigger than you ever probably thought you'd be. I never thought I'd be this way because like I said, I, I didn't dream. I, I did not dream. I thought I couldn't dream. Richard dreamed all the time. I would see other people dreaming. And I keep saying this because it's very important. I want, I want your listeners to understand that you do actually have dreams. Everyone has a purpose and you have an ability to dream, even if you're not dreaming right now. When I started to pour into myself, I didn't even realize I was starving. I didn't know mm-hmm. I was missing that. We had pers- we had professional development every Thursday at our job. We never had personal development. Mm-hmm. And I believe, like I said, there's nothing wrong with the business and what I was doing. I do believe that if people got personal development, a lot of them would leave what they're doing. Mm-hmm. and go off and do what they're supposed to be doing. And I do believe that the, the right people that are supposed to be at those jobs as teachers would be there. Because there's a lot of people that are just benefit slaves collecting the check and just trying to barely make it and survive. And, and they're passing that on to, to our kids. 
you know? Um, so once I started to do that, I realized, oh my God, I don't, I don't really want to do this anymore. Like, I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. Richard had always said to me, babe, this is going to be the year. I'm going to get you out of that job. I'm going to get you free. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. It was because I didn't want it. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't want it. I didn't think it was possible. I wanted to stay responsible. And once I started to say, I don't want to do this anymore. I felt it inside of me. I can't, I don't want to do this anymore. I decided it's time to look at what is keeping me here. It's these benefits. All right, let's look at the monster under the bed. Let's, mm-hmm. let's look at numbers. What am I actually making? What will I have to make to leave this job? And when I looked at those numbers and I You'd saw- you save money. Much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I save money in a lot of ways. And yeah. I'll say in health bills for the future, for sure. Yes. You know, because of stress. But no, when I looked at those numbers and I saw what I need to make in order to leave, I, it wasn't so bad. It wasn't as bad as I thought. Like I, I got to put a face on my monster and I realized it wasn't that scary. And once I realized that, I was done. I was out. I quit. I mentally quit in my mind. And I went to my, I actually set a date, you know, and I said that this is it. I'm, I'm done. The moment I said, I'm done, that's when I started to dream because I got scared. I got uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, I'm actually about to leave my job. Like, mm-hmm. this is not me. Mm-hmm. I did the traditional way. This is like, what, like, this is not me. Once I quit and I got uncomfortable, once I cut the parachute, it was done. Mm-hmm. I started to dream. And we, <laughs> we hear that all the time. You know, people are like, I want to retire. I can't do this much longer. And it's like, yeah. well, how much do you need a month to, to quit? And they're like, well, I don't know. I've never thought <laughs> yeah. about it. And it's like, Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's kind of the primary. Yeah, like, that's the number we need to know to plan your entire retirement. And it's just people wait till their fifties and sixties to figure that number out. And it's no, cool to hear you say that. that uh, yeah, you know, totally. you figure that out at such a young age. I think it's great to define the unknown, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Define the monster. That's what I call well, it. And it, it it did help though because, like I said, when I took that break from that first company that hurt. And understand your feelings, guys, will cost you your finances. I got in my feelings, and so I took a break in the industry, hit more real estate, but I ended up, you know, I'm a networker at heart, so I got involved in another company, and with that company, um, we literally just made more money than we could have ever imagined. Um, and so my wife has seen, she is still having fruit. She's seeing fruit that's helping her to believe. Now, everyone doesn't get to see that. There might be some people listening to this call that they don't actually know. See, that's the thing about network marketing. Most people don't know people personally that are winning in it, and that's what makes it difficult for them to want to believe. Mm-hmm. So my wife seen what I was doing, and she seen that fruit, and that helped her. And then, when we ch- and then while I was in that company, I added another one to my portfolio, and it was that third one which was really, it was, it was an emphasis on skill set, education, software service, uh, software provider, um, a very reputable company. So when we got involved in that, which is about teaching people a skill set that will pay them for the rest of their lives and this teaches different wealth building strategies. So that third company was the one that my wife was able to now find her way because the Bible does say that your gift will make room for you. Mm-hmm. And so it was in that scripture and her wanting to be a teacher, but working in a system that didn't allow her to really open up her wings. She's seen too many politics. And now this network marketing company, she said, wait a minute, the CEO of this company actually saw. Wait, you're moving too fast. <laughs> you it's okay. Keep going. <laughs> it's good. Keep going. No, he, no, I want to say, because he's saying there's a lot of people that, that um, haven't seen what I saw. And I think it's a shame that I saw what, what he did, but I still was too scared to do it for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a lot of people out there that are too scared to do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's because they would much rather be in their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I was in my comfort zone. It was comfortable to know that I work this much, I get paid this much, and I know this. You know, I, I get benefits. I like these are things that I know. It didn't matter to me what Richard was doing because a lot of times, 
every time he'd come to me with a new project, it would cause, it would cause me anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, Richard, here you go again, messing up my, my nice little comfort zone. What you talking mm-hmm. about? You trying to go to Africa, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you talking about? You, you want us to, to make this big investment move, you know? So for me, my comfort zone was like my safety net. Mm-hmm. And to a lot of people, it's a safety net. Mm-hmm. But what you don't realize, it's about perspective. That same safety net is really a spider web for you. It's mm-hmm. you stuck. And you have to learn to cut that net because as long as you have that net, you're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to go far. But once you don't have it, you have no other option. You have no other option but to get moving. And so that was what it was. When I, when I quit, I quit with no certainty of what was next. I just know that I really enjoyed learning the skill I had no desire to teach anybody. I just wanted to, you know, I like the idea that with this company, you know, he's a networker. That was not me. But for me, I could actually learn the skill and not have to talk to people and still Mm -hmm. make money. (laughs) Sign me up. (laughs) And I think that's what's cool about your guys' story. You know, we talk a lot about every, we all have a passion. We all have a purpose. Yeah. But people aren't taught. I think, you know, Richard, the other day, you called it passion paychecks. And we have this gift inside of us, but there's not a lot of people or, uh, you know, the the college system. It's not designed to show you different ways to monetize your gift or to share it with the world. And and I think for you guys, this is why I really wanted you on the show is this point, because you had an amazing gift, the days that you could teach and educate. And now you're on a platform where, you know, you taught yourself this skill, but share with our listeners how now you're you're educating more people than you ever thought possible. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how it happened. Like I was saying, when I quit, I just was trying to go off into the shadows and learn this skill by myself. Um, but, you know, for our team, they were doing trainings for our team. And this is the truth. This is where that whole your gift makes room for you mm-hmm. part comes in because I always had a passion to teach, but there is this trainer and he just, he just really sucked at, at <laughs> in, in my eyes. Okay. In my opinion, I just felt like, okay, he sucks, but I wasn't really trying to do anything about it. It was because my husband was like, Hey babe, he's not feeling good. Do you think you could do the training this time? I did not want to do it. He signed me up for it. Anyway, I get on there and I start training. Like I, I do things, I organize it. And then I start training and our calls go from 20 people to a hundred people, you know, people are asking, who is that? Can she, can she do it again? And, and then, you know, our, our sponsors came to me and they said, Hey, you know, do you think that maybe you could train like once a week? And I said, Oh, you know, I know what y'all are trying to do. I know how once a week is going to become like an everyday thing. So I said, look, I'm going to put a limit on it. I'll do three weeks and that's it. And three weeks turned into a year <laughs> of me training. And because I was doing it, uh, the CEO actually heard of what I was doing because my sponsors, you know, bragged to them about how good of a job I did and the numbers and how they changed. And he was creating a platform where people, you know, educators could get on there and teach his company. And at that time, it wasn't that what, it wasn't that many members. I think it was about what ten thousand members at the time. Um, and so I get on that platform and I actually become the first female on the platform. Uh, and that's when I started training. Then I noticed that, you know, the, the, the educational, you know, academy. yeah, the academy that this, this company had was, again, it was lacking. And I actually, because I had a relationship with the CEO, I went to him and I said, yeah, you know, that, that academy is not an academy. It, it kind of sucks and it needs a woman's touch. Again, I, I, I couldn't help myself. This is just, if you have a passion for something and you have a gift for something, you have an eye for something, you know when something's not done as good as it should be. You know, mm-hmm. and it was because of that, he said, go for it, do this academy over, go ahead and do it, just do six videos. I did over 24. And, and now this company has gone from about 10,000 members to what, about 100,000 members. Um, I have been flown in just one year of quitting my job. I've been flown to over 10 countries. I've educated, I educate like over 80,000 people every week. 
mm-hmm. all over the world, mm-hmm. all because I, I couldn't help that something looked out of place. <laughs> yeah. And it was within my line, in my line of passion. And this is not what I expected to do. When I quit, I did not know this is what would be happening. I did not know. Now I'm actually the head of um, this academy. So how do you feel like, you know, at the first you're like, I'll do it three times a week. Like, is that stressful for you? Have you hit your stride? Like, is this life giving to you? Tell me, walk through that. <laughs> like you said three times a week. Yeah, I remember you're like, I'll do it three times, but that or three weeks. Oh, and that's all I'm yeah. going to do. I yeah. remember that. Yeah. But are mm-hmm. you okay now? Like, is this exciting to you? This is everything I wanted and more because when you like as a teacher, in my small mind, I can remember like, man, I would tell my husband like, hey, what can I do if I can't teach? Yeah. You know, what else is there to do? I would look through career builders and, you know, well, maybe I could be a, a dental hygienist. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't know, like nothing against that, but that was not for me. Like, I love teaching. I used to, I used to train my brother. You know, I, I was the one that played school. Like, I love to teach. I even thought, babe, we should move to Finland. Like, they really respect the teachers over there. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah I, I think it's funny. I'm going to, like, I'm going to say something that I think is really important here. And, like, listen to this. And I don't, I don't do this a lot in the show. So, mm-hmm. no, husbands know your wife. Like, yeah. there's something in that, that Richard understood what his wife's gifting was. Yes. And oh, knew yeah. that he had to pave a path in order for her to let her wings flap. Right. Mm-hmm. And like that to me is probably the biggest thing that I've it's heard. It's not easy. It's not easy. And it's going to take time. It's, it's going to yes. take effort. It's going to take intention. But husbands know your wives, know what they're good at, know what their passions are. Because I'm telling you right now, it's so easy to get caught up in an employment and a job in mm-hmm. parenting. I mean, this goes for everybody, mm-hmm. husbands and wives. And that you mm-hmm. kind of lose this drive, this goals, the dreams. You just kind of start getting numb. And it's yes. easy to fall down to that. And I think it's easy for one person to be in the flow and the no, and the yeah. other one not. And then not oh, yeah. letting, not pursuing, your flow. yes, not pursuing the other person out of love and just uh, passion. But just, okay, then if that's where you want to be, you know, and I think. Richard, in this whole time, you've done an amazing job of loving your wife through it, but also taking a shot of the the fireplace and the dog in the. Oh my God. <laughs> you gotta I mean, the picture. He painted the picture. Richard, actually, I have to say, everything I've done has been very. Over, listen, my wife and I've been together for fourteen years, married eleven. And Every, how many kids do you have? Four. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Everything that I have done. First of all, I give God all the glory. So I, anyone listening to this, please don't understand that we're not boasting. Mm-hmm. We're nothing if it wasn't for the love of Christ, the love of God, and what he has mm-hmm. done in our lives. Mm-hmm. And we give him all the credit and glory for everything. So I want to make sure that that is very, very clear. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. It's his wisdom. It's God's wisdom. Yeah. Because I knew that that woman, see, here's the deal. I knew that she was for me. And since she was for me, I knew that God would give me the provision to help her to be the, the woman that God has called her. He did a lot of help. So he had gift, he had stuff in me for her. Mm-hmm. So that's why that's why I say husbands, know your wives, study them. I knew that there are sometimes physical and mental limitations. With God, there's none, but sometimes yeah. in our flesh there is. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't push her too hard or I would kill her. Right, so I had to do just enough. Well, I mean, sometimes you had to come into her camp, like, okay, I'll go get your job. I'll go get the job, yeah. right? Absolutely. He came into my camp only to, you know, leave me out. Yes, right. which is a good, loving person, right? Like, that's what we right. sacrifice to but, go but, but when I sit back and look, like, the woman that I see now, this is the woman that I saw like when I met her, I knew that she was going to, to I always would tell her this. Like I said, I knew like mm-hmm. to see her now in this gift to, to go from teaching 180 students at East high school in her box with those, with just, that was it to now having over 80,000 students mm-hmm. around the world. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and now I actually have students that want to learn mm-hmm. what I would have to teach, which mm-hmm. makes it, different when I said I'll give you three weeks I was coming from the the small-minded ah oh, man 
I want to deal with people that don't want to hear this, but mm-hmm. now I got people that hang on my every word. I, this is, mm-hmm. I'm fully my gift. I think too, like that's where God wants us is to be relying on him. Yes. And, and he's going to make room, a bigger room than you ever thought you'd be in. And exactly. we see it a lot, you know, and it, it, he does make room. And, and, and the other side of that and what he desires for us is bigger than we could ever see for ourselves. But right. kudos to both of you for getting out of your box, right? Yeah. And like, I think, you know, men, it's always said men marry women, so they'll never change. Women yeah. marry men because they see potential. Yeah. <laughs> and right. it seems like almost the exact opposite for you two. And that's yeah. uncommon. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? It's true. It is the exact opposite. <laughs> so know? what are you guys most excited about? We have a few minutes left. Uh, what are you guys most excited about? Or, uh, 2018 is winding down. We've got 2019, one year left in the decade. Walk us through, uh, walk our listeners through kind of where, where the Duncans are going. Well, I'm excited because I've actually been in 2019 since September 1. Mm-hmm. So, um, so there's people that are going to count down in, in j- January and I'm already going to be in May. So my <laughs> mind, that's how I think. And so there's some big things coming. We got some, we got some big real estate projects coming, some big developments that are going to be coming, which we're grateful for. Um, even within this network marketing company that we're in, um, my wife is in the process now of doing a complete facelift on all of the education on the entire academy that the company has. And so they have put her over that entire project. So she now gets to have 100% reign on what to do with that, in addition to providing more courses um, specific to help all of our customers that are wanting to learn this skill. Um, She's going to be providing more courses, which ultimately is positioning us by God's grace in an equity position in an upcoming billion-dollar company. Mm -hmm. And so we're excited about the real estate. We're excited about the networking. We're excited about the mindset of our kids, mm. our family, because our kids, be like our kids see, they, my kids have never seen me work a job. Like my, my son said, dad, I'm supposed to go shadow you for the day. <laughs> I remember he came to me a while back, he said, dad, I'm supposed to shadow you for a day, but what, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to stay home. We're going to go get a smoothie and we're going <laughs> to go see my fireplace. We're going to turn the fireplace on, we're going to get the men pan, we're going to call mom, first of all, she can see what we're doing. And that's what we do. But that's what's, but that's what's coming down. Um, that's why we're excited about 19, because we got some major real estate developments, some major, major multifamily and some brand new construction um, coming. At the same time, the equity stakes in this company is going to be going higher because of the skill set that my wife has. And uh, we're just grateful to God, man. There's more ministry opportunities, because as, I'm, as we're going to be traveling together, doing motivational speaking, teaching independent wealth, also teaching and sharing the love of Christ to people, to the nations. Um, my mm-hmm. wife is in 10 countries within the last nine, eight months, myself as well. And so we're going to be doing more traveling of the world together. Nice. And we're just beyond grateful. How do our listeners uh, get in touch with you if they want to reach out? So if they want to reach out, definitely um, Instagram, at Richard Duncan. My wife is... At Adese W. Duncan. Do you want A-D-A- to spell that? Yeah. A D A E Z E. Okay, you got to do it the right way. It's okay. A as an apple, D as in dog, <laughs> A as an apple. You know, E as educator. an elephant, Z as in zebra, E as an elephant, Duncan, D U N C A N. There you go. And then also, if, if someone wants to actually, I don't mind them actually reaching out and calling if need be. Um, they can actually call my phone. Um, if, if someone is listening to this call and they say, you know what? Because Ali said it best. He said, he who is not courageous enough to take risks will never maximize life. So maybe someone is listening to this podcast and they say, you know what? I'm at a point where closing out 18, I want to take risks. I don't kind of nervous. Mm-hmm. And if you want to process and talk, you know, maybe, you know, t- uh, uh, join what we're doing. Um, you can call my phone directly. That number is 515-778-2644. Yeah, so they can call and reach out um, to me directly, and I have no problem with listening and possibly even showing you some of the wealth-building strategies that we're helping people with across the world. Sure. 
Well, that's super generous, man. I can't thank you too enough. Thank you for being uncommon. Thank you for sharing your story. Uh, yeah. What else you got, buddy? Nothing. Thank you for sharing it, Daisy. As always, it's just a pleasure. And so many things in there you said, I was just like, oh man, I needed to hear that. So it's always just a learning experience for me too. And uh, Well, thank you. Appreciate uh, it. Thank you too, man. You guys are running a phenomenal podcast. I love the uncommon and I love that there's no limitations. I love what you guys are doing. I believe in your hearts. I believe in your visions. And thank you too for for being obedient to the call of God and, and, and bringing people that hopefully your listeners can identify with and get them to now begin to take the steps to live the uncommon life. No, I love exactly. It. Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing. Thanks to Daisy. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Take care. Yep. Bye. That's all for this episode of the Uncommon Life Project, brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.